0: Hello everyone, my name is Jonathan Spino. I know this might be something that's different from what you guys are used to me doing, which is writing for my newsletter, A Marvelous World. But, you know, I didn't have anything, like any comic or TV series that I specifically wanted to talk about, so I thought it would be a cool idea to have a little spoiler review on Spider-Man No Way Home. And if you've read my newsletter before or follow me on any social media, you'll know that Spider-Man is my favorite uh, superhero. And, you know, I I've talked about Spider-Man No Way Home on Twitter, but I wanted a way to, to talk about the film in a, a larger scale. You know, there's only a limited amount of characters that I could use on tweets. So, I thought, hey, maybe do a little recording could be pretty cool i'm not sure you know i'm I'm really new to this sort of stuff i am it's, it's me getting out of my comfort zone but you know maybe i'll enjoy it uh maybe it won't suit me but who knows i have to try it at least right so that's what we're doing today uh it is a spoiler review for spider-man no way home and a spoiler warning for any MCU or Marvel movie because I don't know how deep I'm gonna go back and it's definitely a spoiler warning for Spider-Man No Way Home. Now to talk about this movie you really have to talk about the buildup. What led to this movie being made and what the hype was surrounding this film. If we go all the way back to the end of Spider-Man Far From Home we know that Peter Parker's identity was revealed to the world. Him being Spider-Man and it was just it was, how should I put this, it was so cinematically important for the Marvel world because you never had an identity revealed, especially Spider-Man in live action. So it was, I I was, I was stunned. I was shocked when they first did it. I was like, no way they're doing this. No way Mysterio won. And I, I was, I was so excited from that point, from when I first saw the film and what is it now? Two years later. That's how long the wait and the hype. I think for most people were to find out what happens after this. And you know, it was it was going good, and then, as we all know, Disney and Sony had a little breakup, uh, and that's when I personally was like, oh no, this is this is going to be another Andrew Garfield situation. And they're gonna take everything that the MCU and Sony built in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. They're gonna just take it away. You know, it's it, the story's ended. But you know, it it was like a month later, and and that's when all the problems were re- resolved. You know, the they announced that Disney would be back to to produce the third film for Tom. They also had a release date, which was I believe July 2021. And so after that, we had a release date, and we didn't know much about the plot or anything. I mean, they just, you know, they they said, hey, he's going to have his third film, and he's going to make another appearance in a future Marvel project. Won't be a solo film, but uh, another MCU project. And then a year went by, and obviously we got hit with uh, COVID, so production on any type of film was being pushed back, release dates were being pushed back, and we're getting... Sort of to the point where I personally, I, you know, I, I, tr- I tend not to try to look at leaks. I mean, sometimes they're just too hard to avoid. For a film like this, I was just too excited. So we, you know, the way kept going. And in December 2020, Kevin Feige announced on Disney Investors Day that WandaVision would be tied into Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, but also Spider-Man would be. And it would be released in December 2021. From January 2021 to to basically December, it was just so chaotic in the Marvel world in terms of social media. You know, there was there was like so many leaks. I, I remember the fake titles that were announced in in February. Uh, I know Zendaya, Jacob, and Tom all had three different titles. Maybe it was Spider-Man Home Slice, Spider-Man Home Record, Spider-Man Phone Home, something like that. And then we later, I think the next day, got the confirmation that the third film would be called Spider-Man No Way Home. You know, I've, I've always been a fan of the home uh, trilogy, you know, Spider-Man Homecoming, Spider-Man Far From Home, and now Spider-Man No Way Home. I, I didn't really mind it, and I loved that these films had title name Because, you know, we only have Spider-Man 1, Spider-Man 2, Spider-Man 3, The Amazing Spider-Man, The Amazing Spider-Man 2, and I like that little change that they had for the MCU. But nonetheless, we continued to wait for a trailer. And the wait, you know, grew when the leaks grew more. They had merchandise leaks. They had script leaks, character leaks. They had all these sort of things. And I'm pretty sure before i seen all these leaks, I know Electro... Not Electro, but Jamie Foxx, who plays Electro, posted an Instagram post of him, you know, returning, because it was already confirmed, I think before Disney Investors Day, and it was him with three Spider-Men. It was Andrew, Toby, and Tom. He quickly deleted that post, so that was an indicator to fans, like, oh, hey, this might really happen. This really might happen. Uh, And then I know further down the line, Alfred Molina got confirmed, and, and it just started from a point where everything was getting leaked or actors were saying these things and the movie's hype was building up to a point where your expectations are going to be so high that if it doesn't make the cut this film is going to bomb the film might be a great film and it's a great spider-man film but if it doesn't meet your expectations doesn't meet the fans expectations they will chew this film out luckily that was not the case and then further down the line of 2021. It was in August where we got the first teaser trailer or the first trailer for Spider-Man No Way Home and it was supposed to be released in December. So it was was kind of a long wait just to get the first trailer for this film because not everyone knew when if it was a for sure thing that it was going to be released in December. You know how COVID affected the film industry. You know everyone wasn't so certain how everything was going to play out. Luckily we got a trailer in August. It was, it was just so awesome. You know, it was so, so good. The tease at the end with Pumpkin Bombs and Willem Dafoe's iconic Green Goblin laugh was just so good to hear again. So good. And to see Alfred Molina rise from the bridge and just say, hello, Peter. It was insane. It wasn't the best de-aging at that time, but we'll talk about that. And well, now when we talk about the second trailer, because that guy looks so so good, it was so good how they de-aged him. There were at times where I was like, "This looks real. This is guy yeah, looks like this." Yeah, the second trailer released in in November and. It was focused mainly on the villains. You had this sort of sense that, like, this is this is going to be a, a more emotional and more darker Spider-Man storyline. You could feel that in the trailer. And I was excited, you know? There's not a Spider-Man movie that I don't find enjoyable. I love them all. But I know Spider-Man, the Sam Raimi trilogy, those were more, you know, they weren't as jokey. They weren't as... Monumentous like the MCU ones are trying to be, it was it was very much a well grounded Spider-Man. The emotional side of Spider-Man is where I feel so connected because this this man can lose so much, but he will still keep going, and it's just so good for the character. The second trailer was it felt more more emotional and more more dark than the previous two films that Tom has had. You know, I was so excited. I, I was I'm. I was so excited to see what was gonna happen. And you know how the closer you get to to a movie, the more worried you are, it's not gonna meet your expectations. That was me. I was there's so many so many people talking about this, so many leaks going out and the hype is has has gotten so large that I was like this movie can't do it all. Especially with the runtime, which I Think was less than two and a half hours because I thought it was gonna be like three hours. Like there's all these villains and the potential of the Spider Man to come back. And then you also have to talk about Peter's identity. It was it was just so much that I, I this can't be as good as everyone's gonna think it's gonna be, you know? But the day came when the movie was released and you know when you step into a movie theater and you've had all these ideas and you've seen some leaks and you you're just right there, you're about to see the movie. And everything just goes away. You're not thinking about anything. Everything is just at ease. You, you, it's just you in the movie. And that's, that's how I felt with Spider-Man No Way Home. I sat down, saw the previews. and Once the Marvel intro started, just everything went away. And I was so excited. And how they played that intro with the end of Far From Home having Mysterio reveal Peter's identity on the Daily Net. Uh, the Daily Bugle Net, I was I was like, oh, you know, I think we're in for a ride. It, it played out right at the end of Far From Home. We were here. You know, right off the bat, what I like to talk about this movie is Peter and MJ. I know some people didn't like how How MJ was in the first film and then I especially loved her more in the second film but I just love the slow burn that these two individuals have had in the three movies. Of course he had Liz Allen the love interest in the first one but you know it didn't work out and then you had the character reveal of MJ being played by Zendaya so it was like oh this is who we're gonna focus on and obviously they focus on her for, for the next two films. I just love those two. I I think they have so much chemistry together and it plays so well on screen. The swinging, you know, I love when they two, when the two swing together, it's done so well too. They swing off and right when they're swinging off, you see that Rogers musical poster. I remember I I was like, oh, Oh, you know, because it, it this was released during the Hawkeye a series, you know, nice little Easter egg. But the pacing was pretty good, you know. It it started off really fast, like, or everything was happening so quickly, but it was still still easy to follow. So. You know, I didn't mind it much. And then after all the investigation, Peter was arrested, MJ, Ned, Aunt Mary, they were all taken for questioning. And the moment where I knew this film was going to be as big as it is was when I saw Matt Murdock's White Cane on the screen. And I, I just, I was like, oh, no, no, no. And you see Charlie Cox right there sit down it was just so monumental it was so monumental and a couple days ago it was confirmed that charlie Cox was going to be in the mcu he was going to play daredevil i was i was still freaking out i was like this is big this is the first big transition from a netflix character to the mcu to the big screen Vincent D'Onofrio was also brought back to the MCU, but in the Hawkeye series. That was a Disney Plus show. This one, this is the big screen, and it was Charlie Cox Daredevil. So It was just so exciting, and when he, it, it was a short scene, but when he caught that brick and said he's just a really good lawyer, that was so memorable. Now going into how Peter's identity, how his identity revealed was affecting MJ, Ned, May, Happy, you know, basically everyone in his life, it was, it was something that I enjoyed seeing on the screen. You know, his identity protects people around him. And this one, like others, it hurts Peter more than it hurts himself. So when these guys are having trouble getting into colleges, getting into MIT, it, it, It really does hurt him. So he goes to Strange for his loved ones, not him. He understands that this is a big request that he's asking Strange to do. But he's, he's, not, he's not doing it for him. He wants the people that he loves to have a better future. He, he doesn't want them to suffer for his actions. That's when Strange agrees to help him. Because not only has Peter gone through a lot by himself, he's gone through a lot with Strange. They had this unexpected situation that they went through together. And he's a teenager, which makes it even more terrible for him. So he does the forgetting spell. It was obvious that it wasn't going to work because, you know, there was miscommunication and Peter's stupidness, but, you know, I don't mind it. It led to one of the greatest moments of comic book movie history. So the spell is done, but uh, Strange was able to contain it. He tells him that if he he already tried to plead his case, you know, there's nothing else that he could really do. And then Peter's like, oh, I can do that. Which to be fair, I didn't even know you could do that. You know, I've already graduated college, so it's like, oh. Okay, I I mean, I I get Peter. I get why he went strange. So he goes to find an MIT rep. When he goes, he goes for Ned and MJ. He doesn't go for himself. He's only making a case for Ned and MJ. But an unexpected visitor shows up. Seeing Doc Ock again on the big screen, even though we've already seen him in the trailer, it it still gave me goosebumps. It, It was so, so good to see him again. And the fight was... Pretty cool too. The whole bridge sequence was spectacular. You know, I never would have thought Doc Ock's tentacles would absorb nanotechnology from the MCU. It, it's pretty rad. Like, oh my god, who, who would have thought of this? Now, you know, he, he, he bestes Doc and Pete's heroic actions gave him a chance at MIT. It's pretty, pretty wonderful to see because Peter doesn't always win when Spidey wins and vice versa. So it's, it's really, it's really cool to see. Then the pumpkin bomb. Oh my goodness. You hear the foe's iconic laugh, and it was glorious to see the goblin again. And I and I know we already seen him in the trailer, but it just hits so different when you're in, a, in the theater and, and it's really happening. Like, you, you can't stop the film now. Now, I will say that not all the villains were the best. They could have done the movie without Sandman, the lizard, but Electro was great to see it again too. And his theme is just so badass. While we're talking about Electro, the fight or the suit that Peter wore, the inside-out suit, that was sick and creatively great. You know, either way, Peter found them and captured all the villains with the help of Ned and MJ. I couldn't believe that these returning villains from years ago would actually be interacting with each other. And the most Peter Parker thing to do was to help them instead of leaving them to die. I wonder how Daredevil would have thought of his actions. Like, their deaths were God's plan. So how would you feel about Peter changing that, but saving them? I don't know if it makes sense, um, and it probably doesn't make sense, but that, that's what I was wondering. Let me know what you think. Anyway, Pete's spider sense was OP in his actual form. The lines showing his sense was so cool. Very comic comic booky. The mirror dimension was pleasing to see. Uh, it's always visually pleasing to see, and its it, it was just extraordinary. John Watts outdid himself. The fact that Spidey beat him with the math, that's amazing. I also love when he talks to himself. You know, it's, it's a little thing, but I like when Spider-Man, you know, he doesn't have anyone around him. And he, most of the time, if you're swinging down or swinging around New York City, so when his thoughts are really just him, you know, speaking a, a loud, it's it's something that I appreciate. Now, the apartment scene, that scene is goaded to me. Peter bonding with Osborne while doing science stuff was so great. Also, watching Peter doing science stuff is beautiful to see because it's significant to his character. And the spidey sense in that scene and the way it was shot was terrific. You know, he was able to detect a personality change in Mormon. It was just, it was the best spidey sense uh, in live action to me foe's Goblin was more menacing too. That fight between them, it was uh, it was insane. When Goblin laughed after taking Spider-Man's punches was scary. The foe really upped his game and the, the fight was just brutal. It was a joy to watch. Then came the big death for Peter. I believe May's death was more meaningful than Ben's live action deaths. The fact that Peter was there to witness it was devastating. After it was her idea to help the villains too, she didn't want Peter to doubt the route he took. She said the iconic phrase while saying it like it was written in Amazing Fantasy number 15 and her legacy lives on. I was amazed how she survived that hit, but when she said those words, I I knew she was going to (laughs) die. But yeah, Tom's acting was breathtaking in this scene and the score was outstanding. It was just so well done. You know, it's, it's just me and you. The scene right after with Jay Jonah Jameson talking about the apartment incident and they broke in Peter in the rain, watching on the big screen was phenomenal. It was it was shot beautifully. One of the best shots in the entire film. I I, I need a poster of that or a painting because it was just wow. I know uh, people have been talking about Ned and how he was able to use magic or why he was able to use magic. But, you know, it, it didn't really bother me because he never got portals right. He believed in magic while also being relaxed, which was difficult when Strange, when we saw Strange go through that training. And we know Strange wasn't the only sorcerer. There was countless of sorcerers, countless of other people wanting to learn sorcery. So, I mean... I, to me, it really didn't bother me that they use Ned as a person that can use magic. Plus the plot, you know. <laughs> Thanks to him, I felt like a young kid again. I, I couldn't believe I was seeing Andrew as the webhead again. And it was for uh, for sure thing. Toby would be in the second portal. And it was just marvelous. Tears in my eyes. To have my childhood Spider-Man, Toby, and Andrew who has a special place in my heart. It was just so damn glorious. When the three Spider-Men met each other, it was mind-blowing. The shared experience, the heartbreak, Andrew's dark past, and his acting was spot on. It was pity to see Andrew not complete his trilogy, especially after the death of Quinn Stacy. I, I wanted to see how he would react. I, I, I wish there was a way to see the time when Stacy died to when he fought Rhino again, because in those times when you know he got rageful and he you know he got bitter and he wasn't pulling his punches. But I really wanted to see that broken Peter, that broken Spider-Man. And it sucks that we weren't able to, to see Andrew complete his trilogy. The wise words that they shared. That came from Uncle Ben and Aunt May. It was awe-inspiring, and it, it was just so... It was just so good. I just loved them three together, you know? No action. It, it meant a lot to me. I couldn't get enough of that lap scene, you know? Like, <laughs> it was... It, it, it was just so good, man. MJ comforting Peter was so sweet and nice. I personally love how their relation flourished. I know a lot of people would have rather had them in the beginning and stayed together like the previous films, but I liked how it took time to get to this moment and for them to really bond together. It was. It was great. And I also love the little hint of a best friend turned villain. That that was hilarious. I, I don't know if Marvel would go that route, especially how everyone wants him to be the Hobgoblin. You know I have a few comics of uh that have the Hobgoblin in it, but they aren't Ned Leeds. But I know for a time I'm, I'm pretty sure he was tricked to think that he was. You know Marvel it's in Marvel Hands now. Let's uh let's get into the big finale. And what could I say? It was awesome. <laughs> it was really awesome. Three Spider-Man and villains going at it all with different styles. The callbacks and the chatter made me geek out. I'm serious, like I could watch Toby, Andrew, and Tom talk in their Spidey suits for hours. Their swing together made my eyes watery. The little detail of the swing with their own flow was, was rad. They're, they're all Peter Parker. They're all Spider-Man. They're like the same person, but different. Who would have thought we would have made it this far in 2002? It's, it's incredible. Hearing Andrew's and Toby's theme was heartwarming too. Like, they both have some really great themes, especially Toby's, you know, Toby's is just so iconic to me. And I, I think to the whole world, it's, it's just so, it's, it's so good. So, so good. And I know I've said before that we could have had done this film without Sandman and the Lizard. But seeing them in human form was still lovely, even if it was reused shots. It it was necessary, so, you know, I I don't mind. Andrew and Electro with a little tease of Miles Morales. That was pretty cool. Doc Ock and Toby's uh, Peter. That reunion hit me hard, man. You know, he's just trying to do better. He's just trying to do better. Obviously, Andrew saving MJ got me. It got me really, really good, man. The chance to, to save another Spidey's love life so he doesn't go through the same thing he did was very poetic. Andrew Garfield, you know, he, he deserves all his praise for this movie. He really does. Now, the grand, grand finale. Spidey and Gobby's fight was once again incredible. Tom wasn't pulling his punches and he was going for the kill. My jaw was dropped because I thought he was... Actually gonna do it and I love seeing this side of spider-man this this rageful spider-man wanting to kill He doesn't have the symbiote either, which makes me more excited to see him with it But you know, Toby stopped it. He knew and it's like two full circles He stopped the glider from killing Norman and it goes back to Spider-Man 3 where Aunt May tells Peter that spider-man doesn't kill the final spell killed me though, you know It really killed me. Strange even felt a bit of sadness that Peter was actually ready to make everyone forget him. When he had to say his goodbyes, the spidey hug was like passing on the torch. It's like a thank you for laying the groundwork. Thank you for being this character. And for me having these films, you know, I couldn't have done it without you. So thank you, thank you. MJ and Peter's final goodbye was so emotional, even with Ned, and I think it was the chemistry, the three share on and off screen that made me feel more attached and more heartbroken. But his sacrifice put everyone he loved safe from his actions. He didn't tell him who he was because he knew they'll be better without him. Now that's Spider-Man. Do I think it's gonna last? Do I think MJ's gonna completely forget about Peter? No, I, I think MJ has to come back. She, she'll figure it out. She said it. You know, she, she did it once, she can do it again. She still had the necklace Peter gave her, and the look felt the same like the one she gave him at the end of Homecoming. I'm not sure how the spell works, but we'll eventually figure it out, right? Like, it, it's very complicated. Pete gets an apartment, he has a GED textbook, which again, I have to wonder how far the spell goes. So he wasn't able, he had to drop out of high school because there was no records of him attending. But you can get in the the it, it it's a bit complicated. And the Palpatine Lego hit the stomach, man. I I'm pretty sure that was the first time we saw Ned was when he had that Palpatine Lego. They're just hitting every spot, you know. Peter is all alone, but he has the mask. The final swing with the handmade suit. My God, it, it was, it was beautiful, you know, a beautiful comic accurate one that looks so much like John Mita Senior's artwork. The score made it even more special. It's a three-movie origin. That Swing completes his origin story. He is now the Spider-Man. Tom Holland is the webhead. A true Spider-Man now. And that's the end of the film. But, obviously, it's Marvel. So we have a mid-credit and post-credit scene. The mid-credit scene had Tom Hardy and Venom. And, you know, it it was... I guess it was... A weird idea to bring Venom to the MCU for one little scene, but you know, I don't really care. You know, his movies have, have always been okay, so I, I didn't. I mean, I like his Venom, I like the look of it, it's really cool, but I didn't mind if they were just gonna bring him in, then bring him out just to leave the symbiote. I'm, I'm good with that. And I know we just got a great suit, but I want the all black suit with the large uh, spider, uh, white spider symbol because you know. If you know me, if you followed me for a long time, the the black and white suit is my favorite Spidey suit of all time. Uh, of course, there was a trailer for Doctor Strange too, but I won't talk about that here. Just know that I'm, I'm so excited for that. I need more Doctor Strange content. Love the guy. You know, I, I like how <laughs> Spider-Man, uh, Tom Holland's Spider-Man, has gotten a trilogy already, and Strange is barely getting the second movie. But yeah. The whole cast was fantastic. The score was beautiful. Michael Giacchino did his thing. It's been on repeat for days for me. And it's just really good. It really sticks with me. I love MJ and Pete's relationship. You know, shout out to Zendaya. I can't stress enough how great the chemistry was for, for an awkward start to a sad but lovely ending. But Willem Dafoe and Tom Holland were superior. Both of them, just the acting was, again, superior. Tom has had the best portrayal of Spidey on the big screen to me. I love the ending, even if it was sad. It's just a true love letter to the character. But uh, yeah, so let's let's go back to to the spell real quick, just just for a quick second, because you know I'm guessing the spell rewrote history. You know I've watched this film three times, and it's been a while since I watched it last, but I, I'm i pretty sure Strange said it would be like if he never existed. It didn't say he never existed at all, it would just be like if he never existed. So it doesn't mean all records and documents of him would be erased, right? Videos of Spider-Man unmasked would be erased, or it would just be shown as him masked? It's, it's I don't know, it's so complicated. Hopefully, uh, they explain it in the future, but I'm pretty sure the MCU, they'll probably just look over it. We'll see. It's in um, this episode. I'll talk about what's to come. You know, there has been confirmation of a new trilogy with Tom as Spider-Man, which I am grateful to even be getting. Uh, It might be the first time a hero gets six solo films. I wouldn't mind seeing Venom, Scorpion who was teased at the end of Homecoming, Kingpin since he was introduced in Hawkeye, introduction of Black Cat, I love me some Felicia Hardy, and she could be Spidey's love interest. I doubt they'll do Gwen. I'm still hoping N.J. comes around, even if she's going to MIT. don't i don't think they'll do gwen just because of how influential she was to to andrew garfield's uh spider-man and how that connection that chemistry was beyond measures you know it was it was just so perfect so i don't know if they'll they'll do that for uh tom spidey but we'll see madam webb would be mad nice to see and craven's last hunt that storyline that would be great to see on the big screen it's really awesome in the comics it's very emotional dark it's it's really good Uh, maybe hobgoblin you know maybe they can use that something happens at mit and he eventually turns into hobgoblin and he fights spider-man and and, then pete unmasks him and it's ned and he's like you know it's it's crazy some of these characters were teased when the universe was breaking in the final fight so it could be foreshadowing because i'm pretty sure i saw scorpion I saw Rhino, I saw Craven. I think I saw Black Cat. It looked like a, a woman, and I, I just figured it would be a Black Cat. But there's so much that Marvel can do. There are countless stories to tell, but I'll settle for the one that we receive now. You know, I'm happy with this film. I'm happy that this film was able to be what it, it was, you know? And I can't thank Marvel and Sony enough. They made me feel like a young kid again. Sometimes I can't believe this film is actually real. Like, it, it's just... It's just crazy to think that this film is real. It truly means a lot to me. So that's where I'll leave this. Thank you to everyone who listened. Not sure when I'll do this again and not sure if this was as professional or as organized as other recording episodes. I don't have the best equipment. I'm just doing this with a little mic and my computer, nothing else. So um, it's not gonna be the best and I apologize for that, but I'm getting out of my comfort zone. And I hope to do this again in the future. Take care. Enough said.